Listen to subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Anyways, <laughs> welcome there. everybody to uh, the table of truth. This is your man Cam, special edition blurred lines. We talk geeky stuff, sci fi stuff, TV, movies, film, which is pretty much the same thing, but yeah. And uh, <laughs> with me, as always, is it is I, Josh. I have no, I have no nicknames today this week, <laughs> <laughs> and also it is me, D, the professor. As always, <laughs> I'm always the professor. D, who knows? As he strokes his beard. <laughs> I, stroke my beard. I am the professor. It will be long and white and gray one day. I like oh, like mine. For the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. for like the the first time in like I don't know five years. I was like, sheesh, yowza! I noticed you got the clean ah, cut. Ah, it's kind of crazy. It's pretty. Ah. It's weird, but you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh how's it going, guys? Happy happy COVID. Um <laughs> lockdown lockdown two, the boogaloo. It's coming. <laughs> Seems like it's coming. Two years into 14 days of flattening the curve. Yes, yes. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Exactly. Um but um but good fortunately time. we have a lot of good shit to watch now. <laughs> we do. We do. That's true. So, uh, yeah. so you earlier it has been quite kind to us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, earlier we were talking about random stuff, but we y'all got a chance to finish up with Loki and um, the. It was only what six episodes, right? Six. Yeah. Episodes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And so six episodes. You know, uh, WandaVision was first. That was twelve. I think 25. it was or like. <laughs> it was it the was most too right? long. Yeah, it was the most long. It was like yeah. twelve or thirteen. Yeah, so, so we had one division. One division was I think about ten to twelve, and mm-hmm. then we had Winter Soldier and Falcon. Falcon and Winter Soldier. That was about eight, and then Falcon um, comes uh, first. <laughs> black power, black power, and then uh, then now we had Loki, and Loki was a solid six, and I would have to say in those three series, they Loki uh, I think helped. Uh, figure out their pacing problem and they used every minute of their six episodes to like its optimal like potential i thought and then in this yeah. oh, yeah. i thought from like for me wandavision was too long it could have been chopped down by two episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. and then i think for uh falcon and winter soldier they could have added an extra episode um and maybe maybe two but i think it was you know it felt it felt like almost too you no know, rushed and then mm-hmm. here they actually felt like a good like sweet spot and and we got to a good introduction of uh our, our man kang and i thought that was good <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 that was a solid six episodes. And I think one of the great things is that it felt like the MCU was kind of cleaning up some of its would be, uh, would be potential continuity, uh, issues that could emerge coming in, going into phase four and knowing what we know about phases one through three, mm-hmm. uh, all the things that have happened. So I thought that was a, a, a good, a good use of that as a as a as a device, and usually time travel is always used as a as a device to reset the narrative or go into a different direction and say, "Hey, that thing existed, but here's this other possibility, this other probably what if you know what if something this happened or or this character took this turn instead of the other." So uh, with Loki, I thought it, it worked uh, extremely well. 
Agreed. Yeah. It, um, and it's and I think they used it as a good springboard for whatever the next, not whatever, we know what the next thing is going to be. Um, but just an expertly position the next, the next big thing. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, John Majors was phenomenal as he who he uh, he who remains. Yeah, yeah, incredible, uh, incredible, great, incredible great, great performance, time. man. And yeah, you know, and they had a, and it was good because I think like the thing that they got right, or the thing that the one good thing about all three of the episodes is they are all three of the seasons um, series is they they fit nicely with the continuity of the MCU and it like either ask, ask questions, answer some yeah. questions, continued some questions. And I thought yeah. they did a really good job. And I think it was interesting hearing from different people of how they liked Loki or not. Like I noticed people that really liked WandaVision weren't as keen on to Loki because they felt Loki was too much talking and like all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. the vice versa, people that weren't really into WandaVision, they were like, yo, Loki was dope. Like yeah. that's the best, that's the best series out of all of them, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And so yeah. I thought that in general, like this Loki was, you know, one Tom Hiddleston was fucking killing it. So he's just having fun the whole time. <laughs> so and then, fun. yeah. And then you have uh, Owen Wilson, which is hilarious too. Cause I was like, how's this going to work? And then he was very yeah. Owen Wilson lead to the whole thing. And it worked mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it worked well. Yeah. 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 And then also when they did, um, yeah. And then John Majors, man, you know, he just, he like, he, he killed that shit, dude. I think Terry he just, Terry on top, man. And you could tell he was having fun too. And I think, to me, I think that's the. As I get older, I appreciate when I watch stuff and the actors are having fun too. Like you could tell that they're really enjoying like doing this type of situation or whatever For the sure. character is. And he was like <laughs> killing that, like just totally reveling in the whole massiveness of it and really having those nuances. And then, um, uh, and then not to mention um, having the enchantress or uh, Sophie. Um, as a balance, I thought that was actually like a pretty good choice too. Because I was like, I was really curious to see how they were going to make that, how that work, and I thought they did it pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you guys watch the behind the scenes uh, special that they, that they did? Oh crap! No, I didn't. No, yeah, I it's, that it's, one out. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You should check it out. Yeah, yeah, I gotta watch that one. I, they did the one for um, Falcon and Winter Soldier too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they have one for all of them. They have for, one for, for each. For each yeah. one. Yeah, and you know, honestly, by the time you get to Loki, you kind of see exactly what um, the Feige Creative Core is doing for Phase Four. I mean, the, the three series were totally uh, epilogues of two uh, Avengers Endgame. Um, yeah. You know, they they, they wrapped up certain uh lingering storylines but also um established uh brand new um continuity which i you know that's that's what you want you want that i think before ironically it was the reverse they had allowed the movies to kind of start and pick up steam and, and they were in full force and then you had winter soldier crossing over with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that was big and it was great but you couldn't keep up with that because the yeah. show is going to keep going and the movies are going to have their period of you know in between time, time. Yeah. yeah exactly but this is different where it's like we saw in each of these epilogues the establishment of the bigger thing that's to come in the, in the cinema. So when mm, you know, I think yeah. I mentioned it, we, we talked about it before with WandaVision, it's the establishment of the supernatural and the, and the magical realm 
um, uh, with with Falcon and Winter Soldier, there's an establishment of a of a new ground based uh, Hydra type organization that might be out there. Maybe even you know, and you saw some of that even still in Wanda Vision with um, the Sword. Oh yeah, bad kind of uh, organization altogether. And then Loki was the 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 sort of cap off and and how appropriate is it that the new primary antagonist of the MCU is introduced is introduced via the uh, the first event, main antagonist of the Avengers <laughs> uh, you know i those kind of little I small see, things I, I see you feige i see what you're doing there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like you know you you appreciate that kind of thought into the story and into uh the business of the film itself is like well we we're making a lot of money but we can still uh make our make this universe make sense in the in the best way possible you know like, yeah and i think that's connected. the thing too it, it's a uh, kind of like you know like people are having this that you know comics fatigue right now where it's like all these comics uh, movies coming out and that kind of stuff yeah and then, by that and then for I, a second and then, well, people—it's people that people say it, and then they'll watch something, and they're like, "Oh, they're hype again." <laughs> yeah. And then it was I, like, say, for instance, I watched. Um, That's the only uh, game in town. I, I, yeah, hundred percent. As of right now, it is. Yeah. But um, like I watched Black Widow, and I was like, I was not expecting. I don't know. I, I expected like, you know, spy action that kind of thing, but I wasn't really expecting much. I was my expectations are probably like Ant Man level, Ant Man mm-hmm. like Doctor Strange level, and I honestly they did and they delivered on that plus like maybe like a dash more with some some really solid like some cat yeah and yeah. like uh Widow that's was what a I thought good was, movie. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was just it was yeah. right up the middle. Like I said, and I mean up like, the middle for Marvel, right. which is still yeah. way above average. Which to me like Ant Man like that film where it's yeah. like. You know, you didn't really. Did you really care about Ant Man? No, but then you watch it, you're like, yo, I kind of care about Ant Man now. <laughs> well, you care about Quantum Mania now, thanks to John Majors. Like, yeah. you, certainly, you certainly care you about what's coming mm-hmm. for Quantum Mania. Yep. But those are those little fine touches. And like, same with Black Widow. Like, Black Widow was uh, helped by amazing supporting cast. And like, everybody that was supporting cast was so dope. And so, yeah. You know, it helped. It helped to, to balance out the stuff that probably would have easily been kind of like wooden or kind of boring, because that's kind of how ScarJo's kind of like acting is. But then, you know, having um, having the sister, having David Harbor, who's always that was awesome. The Yelena, that was the Elena movie, Elena and and the Scarlet Witch people. Yeah, I mean, pretty much Scarlet, uh, Witch, Black, Black Widow people. people. <laughs> well, that's that's what it sh- that's what it should have been. I think uh, Cam and I had this conversation before, which was the best way to tell that movie. The story of that movie is to have it from the point of view of of the of the sister or or you know I yeah, like yeah. her name, but to have it from her point of view and be about Natasha, but not uh, Natasha being the lead protagonist because mm-hmm. we know that she's already dead. We know that mm-hmm. this doesn't go anywhere beyond setting up things for this character so yeah exactly. you know and, and if, if they would have done it that way it would have been i think that would have been really fresh and i think mm-hmm. it even, even though it still worked um yeah and i thought like they had great comic moments you know they had great like, 
moments usually do marvel movies you know good action set pieces and stuff like that and like yeah the sister like completely killed it from top to bottom it was super fun every time she's on screen you're just laughing or you're like you're enjoying watching the whole thing yep. so yeah well, right. she was great it was, too uh florence uh was it florence Pugh. Pugh? Pugh? yeah florence Pugh, she, yeah. yeah she was amazing in in midsummer and that movie was gut-wrenching to watch i mean she's she's amazing i knew she was going to kill that role yeah, so she yeah, they killed she definitely killed that. And I think with that, you know, the with seeing that Black Widow and also watching these uh series, you're right. It just kind of it further kind of I think what I keep trying to tell people is like I don't think you guys really realize Marvel's been around for like eighty years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah, eighty century. years, eighty yeah. years worth of story to the game. Yeah, so it's like every time you guys think something might get stale or you might get a little bored, they literally can pull something from 1947 and be like, yo, this might be cool. Yeah, well, and that, and that's the thing about, to their credit, too, DC is the same way. I mean, you know, James Gunn did that recently, pulled an obscure character. You know, I know we'll talk about that more, but, you know, who would have thought, you know, that, that, would, that something like that could work? But that's because of, you know, damn near a hundred years of content <laughs> that, that's, you know, from the most famous characters to the most obscure that was like, oh, I just wrote this because I was bored that day. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to get published and maybe had a brief run or like a start. The character started appearing in more popular stuff, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think even with was like I remember when Guardians of the Galaxy got announced as a movie back then. I was kind of like, huh? Because I follow Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like I, I remember that follow, reaction. Yeah. yeah, I actually follow Guardians of the Galaxy from like the old days in the in the early '90s uh, with uh, Jim Valentino, and it was like super cheesy. It's one of the first books I actually bought number one, and then followed it all the way through. And then mm-hmm. when it had a resurgence in '08, I think that was a, a, a landing in Abnet um, uh, resurgence, and they they really out. Lord, drug out, rocket raccoon, like all these characters from the 70s that nobody was using. I think they used like Jack Flag and like a bunch of just characters from the 70s that nobody was rocking with. And so um, it was really dope that they did that. And so when they said they're doing Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, yo, Marvel is really trying to see if they can pull anything out their hat and make people like them. And they totally delivered on that. Yeah. And I think, and then to segue to James Gunn and his Suicide Squad. <laughs> but to James Gunn, you know, to his credit, did the same thing when he uh, when he uh, had to have a quick vacation over to D.C. <laughs> a quick uh, paid vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for, for, and for people that might have that might have forgotten, uh, James Gunn was unceremoniously fired from uh, Marvel MCU Phase Four. Showrunning very ceremoniously rehired. <laughs> he was, and, he, and, I, and I think that's the part that at the time, because I was actually still working at Marvel then, it was like super shocking actually. But um, yeah, he was supposed yeah, to be. I the, wasn't the, expecting the, that. Yeah, he was supposed to be the showrunner for uh, MCU Four. Like he was the main cat that was going to like. He had a the uh, a Bible that he was working on and the whole mm-hmm. nine and what, what he was like trying to do. So we were actually kind of excited because like, oh man, it's going to be some cosmic stuff. Probably get some good Nova. We're going to get. Th-. We're like pretty excited about it. And then when um and then, uh, the whole. Yeah, the whole tweet thing that he did that no one even remembers, and then someone at Disney felt you know obligated that we should cut him, and so um, yeah, yeah, like it, and I think it was it was really was a, a on high um, 
exec level, like, yo, we should just fire him. And then they fired him, kind of a thing. And everyone else had to scramble to figure out what to do. <laughs> so basically, from what I read, <clears throat> from what I remember reading, basically, um, Alan, what's his, Alan Horn? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. The guy who, who's the head of, 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 uh, of creative for, for Disney, basically... Yeah. Saw all the stuff and this, and thought he was going to be getting in front of the, in front of uh, any backlash by firing him. Kevin Feige was like, "No," <laughs> jumped on a plane, went to Disney HQ, and was like, "If you don't rehire him right now," <laughs> and yeah. apparently, what happened was out of that meeting. Basically, he was like, "All right, cool, we'll rehire him." But it can't look like, you know, it, we have to be concerned now with optics. He can't look like he caved to pressure or he was yep. told yep. or, you know, anything. Because at the time, um, Iger was still running things and he's the heir apparent. So he can't come into the big chair with his first big act being, re, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, sort of doubling back on, on his initial decision yeah. to cut James Gunn. So some time had to pass before he was able to rehire James Gunn. But by the time he rehired him, James Gunn was like, yeah, I know I was going to do the whole the whole phase four thing. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's like, after he finishes uh, you guys, games three, he's, he's done. Like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Pretty which, much is done which is sad, but hey, man, so it goes. But um, so it with goes. that being said, that DC picked him up for the that is the way the comic book that wasn't put in plastic crumbles. Yep. <laughs> and so then uh, DC picked him up for uh, Suicide Squad, which is pretty smart because they like literally were just like, "Hey, help!" <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, we got it. We here's here's why. Let's get him. Like, we we can't give you Batman, and we can't give you Superman, and we can't give you Wonder Woman. But like, yeah. can you just like help? Just like, <laughs> like here is this Suicide Squad thing that somebody here. Take it and and do something with it. So like, to, just to re just to refresh everybody's memory on what happened with the original Suicide Squad, everything was Peter was puttering along nicely. Everybody was really happy with the treatments that were submitted, and then they submitted the tra- they submitted the the footage for the trailer. Trailer company knocks it out of the park. They love the trailer. The trailer is so well received that. The talking heads at WB decide, you know what? Let's redo the entire movie in the motif of the trailer, which was all like, you know, <laughs> classic rock. Yeah, yeah. So not only did they not only did they decide to redo the entire movie, not only did they try to redirect the entire script, but they basically handed off the movie to the trailer company. Yeah. To complete. Which is just Yikes. You know, yikes! And so, what everyone thought was going to be a no, you know, the, the cast was dope. Uh, I mean, uh, what's his name who wrote it? Dave, um, David Ayer? I'm not David Ayers. Ayers. Yeah, David, David Ayers. Ayers. He pretty much knew he was going to deliver on the goods, and then not so much. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, and you know. Yeah, it's not his fault to do with with, with David Ayers. 
but whatever story was there, <laughs> it just wasn't working no way. So, yeah. so I think it even worked as it was. It's just that they redid so much of it and they rehashed so much of it and reworked so much of it to fit the whole classic rock motif that they set up in the trailer. I think it would have worked better if it was just the original. I mean, we will. We'll so was know. the original the Enchantress and all of that stuff. So yeah, that stuff was there, but it was better. I think it was, from what I understand, it was better fleshed out and better. Okay. You know, it, it was it was baked a little differently in the oven, so to speak. Okay, yeah, well, fair enough, fair enough. And I think that's the thing too, where it's like, I guess that kind of, um, which is crazy because we should have known this was going to happen for other things too, because Suicide Squad got hacked to death, and then Wonder Woman surprisingly was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And then Wonder Woman 84, Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, WB geez. executives getting their hands all up, uh, in, all up in the movie? I don't know who saw that and even thought it was a good movie, let alone a yo, good superhero Wonder Woman yo, movie. Like, yo, geez, so geez, bad, geez. WB executives never Man. get involved in films. What are you guys yo, talking about? Shout out to the uh, designers that did the posters and the, the all that oh, kind absolutely. of stuff. They did a oh, great yeah. job. They did an <laughs> They sold me on it. <laughs> Shout out to them because that shit. Even the marketing great. company who did the Loved trailers, it. like Loved they it. Yep, that first trailer was bonkers. Yeah, yep. everything looked good, but yeah, was a, everything was a, until you got to the run the movie. Yes, the moment exactly. the movie starts. Ooh. But but that was the past. Yes, this yes. is now. Right, looking <laughs> not back. not defeats. Yes. yes. So the Suicide Squad, James Gunn directed and wrote, and I forgot who else did some other stuff on it, um, starring our man Idris. And uh, yeah, man, that shit was actually pretty dope. <laughs> was I was fun. like, I was, I wasn't pleasantly surprised. The bar was so low, but yeah. I, I was like, I was kind of like, you know, again, I trust James Gunn. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. Like, you know, sure. I, I figured he would deliver on, you know, some funny good mm-hmm. action, whatever. Um, some of the funny was a little stale, like some of the jokes are kind of eh. But like yeah. in general, I was Rest like, oh, yeah, peace Milton. But like little, <laughs> there was parts of it where I was like, okay, cool. Like he 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 basically Guardians in the Galaxy did, which was smart. And then, but it, it did it in a way that worked and over the top action and you mm-hmm. know gore and stuff. I didn't expect that much gore, but actually worked well. Um, and then um, I think especially for King Shark, who's already getting like some fame from the Harley Quinn show. They did a good job of kind of bringing that, that element into it. And Excellent. so it was, a, it was, into, it was, it was fun. It was King enjoyable. Shark has been getting a lot of, a lot of play between the Harley Quinn show. Now the suicide squad. And yep. then was it King Shark in, um, uh, uh, Apocalypse, Apocalypse Dark. Yeah. 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 So no, nah, it, it dude, it was like I said, it was one of those one. I, you know, I put it. It's better than uh, Aquaman and Shazam, but it's in that same realm of like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it a ten. I gave it a ten, but like a low ten. It's not like a high, high, perfect. Like the movie was perfect. Ten. It was. It, it did what it was supposed to do. It did. It did everything. It, it paid off everything that it set up. It, it it lined up all the ducks in a row. Even the cheesy jokes to me were were. We're still funny as hell. Again, rest in peace, Milton. <laughs> uh, 
one thing about Milton though is like legit when I saw him like running into the like the the, the base that they were supposed to destroy I was like wait wait what are you doing dude yeah 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 <laughs> you did. I was watching it when I was, I was like what what's Milton doing like yo mm-hmm. like he's and then he just kept going through the whole movie and I was like hey Milton just kind of hanging out like yeah I, I was surprised <laughs> that he lasted as long as he did to be honest like I thought he was gonna die as soon as we met him that nine the script and then also I would say too is um I am a, a devout hater of Harley Quinn. I do not like the character. I think she's fucking horrible. But in what? this this Suicide Squad, I thought they played it really, really well because they yeah. amped it and they leaned in on the ins- uh, insanity crazy of Harley. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. kind of to me because like Harley Quinn has no powers. Like she's literally just insane, and that's it. Where like that's- and I think. And I think if that because they leaned in on that part of it, I thought that was dope because I was like, oh, cool. This yeah, makes sense. Her driver. She's doing. Yeah, yeah. Her motivation is she's literally insane. <laughs> she yeah. had two great scenes where you were reminded that she's a psychopath. Oh, uh, oh, yes. And, and they were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, and again, to me, that's when I think that the character works the best because it, you mm-hmm. know, they keep trying and, to make her like say for instance like birds of prey they're kind of making her she has homies and she's like yeah. I'm a woman I'm trying to da, 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 yeah. da. And I'm like what the fuck is going on here you know well, whereas like this one like oh okay. sorry, sorry didn't mean to interrupt oh it's the same because like again at the end of the day she's insane that's like her superpower so as long insane as she's crazy, she can do yeah and a villain do, yes yeah like you, you as long as you keep those two uh, aspects it makes sense but I think as they start to get outside of those aspects that's when like it doesn't seem as um, it doesn't for me. It doesn't work, but it like it also makes it more annoying. I think that's my like. Now she's like anti-hero, almost like uh, she's part of yeah. the Bat Fam now in the comics and this whole thing. And I like that in the Suicide Squad, like they literally just leaned in on her literally being insane, and it but it fit into the craziness of the Suicide Squad. Well, yeah. Quick spoiler: the bit with the, so if you're listening and you haven't seen it, you should mute this part. Um, the bit where she's being tortured. And then she kills the dude who was torturing her. And not just that she killed him, how she killed him. Mm, yep. Yeah. That was that. And you could tell that was some James Gunn. It was like, yeah, you know, I'm not just going to let her choke him to death. I'm going to make sure that she basically hangs him with her legs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, that, was, that was a diesel perfect. move, pulling herself up the chain. To make yeah. sure dude is elevated off the floor. Like, th- yep. someone thought about that. Yeah. 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 That's, exactly. the, that's, the, that. that's the difference between the James James Gunn's is The Suicide Squad. And I don't know what David Harris had planned. And I know that the, the studio chopped it up. But the difference between those two movies is the devil is always in the detail. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I give the Suicide Squad uh, eight, uh, eight and a half out of ten. I think it definitely did all the right things. It was certainly fun. And like you guys point out, James Gunn understands character development and how to weave in between the character and the narrative. Definitely. So um, you had that nice balance where, which was different in the first one, where there's this effort to make these characters sympathetic. Yeah. And James Gunn is like, no, these are villains. These are the these right. are the mm-hmm. characters whom the superheroes you love fight. Yep, so exactly. 
I'm going to remind you why yep. whenever I can. So, yep. um, you know, the, the perfect funny example was Idris and his daughter. That was right. my, first, my first thought was, oh, here we go again. <laughs> black, the black dad and, and his troubled, uh, and his troubled daughter. I, I, I said that to myself, but then when they start getting shouting at and they're like, fuck you. And he's like, no, fuck you. And he's like, That's <laughs> and he's like, I'm that like, scene okay. And the scene that came after were yeah. absolutely it was like you could tell James Gunn was like, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Idris and uh and Viola some meat to chew on for a second. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and man. that scene, yeah, that, that girl, that girl is definitely a star. You can go toe-to-toe with Idris Elba in a scene like that. And not toe to toe with her, like she, she yeah. right, exactly, exactly. And, then, and I thought that, they, and they did a good job. Daughter, you talking the about daughter, daughter, the daughter, the daughter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then the after that, where he confronts, where, where he confronts uh, uh, Amanda Waller, was just and yeah, and Viola is quintessential. Was quintessential. Amanda Waller. Oh my yeah, god! Way yep, it's yes, very true. Is. Very true. I think we can, we can now put to rest that she is now Amanda Waller. She I was, is Amanda I, was, Waller. I, was, I was very on the fat Waller for a long time, derogatory as that term is, but she's still one of the greatest cartoon characters of all time. Oh but yeah. Waller, yeah. Waller Davis, she she has now accomplished it, uh, accomplished that role. Shout out and to CCH Pounder. Shout out to CCH Pounder. She is still the voice of yes. Amanda Waller. One hundred percent. There's been some good ones, mm-hmm. uh, some some honorable mentions. Um, but but yeah, CCH Pounder kills that role. CCH like Pounder is but, the animated and, and I think stamp on that thing. And I would say like the the original Suicide Squad the. The standouts to me were Viola Davis, of course. Oh, um, and then, see, I actually liked that Joker for different reasons, but not because of like, I think a lot of people hated the um, Jared Leto's uh, Joker in it, um, in the Suicide Squad. But I kind of liked how they played it and how he kind of did yeah, that. I, liked though, it. I, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. They, like as a big character and someone that's not supposed to be the main dude, but he was there. I thought he did a good, impactful job. And agree. Went out. I like that. And the only and the thing that I hated about that situation is he should have been the main antagonist and not the yeah. Enemy. Yeah. If exactly. Joker had been the main antagonist of that film and the plot was about stopping something that his ass to up to, yeah. It would have been such a good a better yeah. film. Because 100%. You, were, you had already established this whole connection between Joker and Harley and yep. like Joker being the type of threat that he is so much so that Amanda Waller not even talking to him about yeah. being on, right. on the squad like you know yeah. it's, it's not even that's an not option even a, yeah, yeah that's not even an option you know? and I think you're right I think Joker would have been a better bad guy and then it would, mm-hmm. that would have played better with the Harley situation too because and, and I mean at that time now in the comics Joker has like a new girlfriend or whatever but like mm-hmm. it would have been cool to have him have his own men, uh, henchman and all that kind of stuff and like right. him being the bad guy with no Batman like that would have been dope because it's like yo this guy's an yeah. existential threat and he has a, a the reason why Harley's here is because that was his her old boyfriend, so she has intimate knowledge about it. Bop, 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 bop. Right, right. All right, Deadshot, get your peoples. Da, 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 let's make it happen. Yeah, so Deadshot is the marksman. You know, yep. he's gonna take them out no matter what. Like you, you had the you had the reasons. It would have made more sense, and you did not need that enchantress. Yeah, like, yeah, you didn't need that. Nope. Storyline, nope. like you didn't nope. need none not of that. You had the perfect villain right there. You could have had just with a line of, like we always say. One line of dialogue explain Batman away. Why he yeah. not 
dealing with Joker right now. Yep, 100%. Um, they did it with the animated version, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, where Joker, um, mm-hmm. the whole reason they pulled him together is because Joker put together a bomb. And that, that one was great because it showed the point of view of each member of the Suicide Squad, yep. how they view bats. And mm-hmm. that was that was really good. Like that and was see, they, and, and then again, there you go. They they could have done that in the original Suicide Squad, where it's like everyone hates Batman, and everyone tells their story of why they hate Batman. They're also like, afraid of him. Like yeah, exactly. Yep, like, exactly. And I think that part, and that's cool because I, I mean, I did like uh, the Batman cameo in Suicide Squad. Like that, that, that sure. was cool. It was like it was simple, was easy. Cool. Yeah. yeah, but that like you're cool. right. Like, it made sense. If Joker was the main antagonist. And then the squads put together because they all need to do something to stop Joker. Harley's there because she has the connection with them. And then they're all bonded together because they all hate Batman and are afraid of him. Then boom, now you have a, a, a situation for a story that's interesting because we mm-hmm. care about these who are all of Batman. It's like that also sets up the villain. The, exactly. That also sets up the Waller Batman rivalry mm-hmm. right? really yep. well because 100%. she's uh, she's not a bad guy. But she's a she's the Machiavellian antihero. Like she's willing yeah. to do bad things to accomplish the good. To uh, accomplish the yeah, good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And she knows, and again, so she respects Batman for the shit that he does, but she's annoyed yeah. at Batman because of the shit that he does. She has to clean up, you know? She has to clean yeah. up all of his mess. And then also, so you're right, I think. See, there you go. We just fixed the original Suicide Squad. <laughs> you're it didn't even take us a day. Everyone, it you're took welcome. us like a few minutes. You're welcome. So we redo that yeah. movie. We got a perfect, the perfect film. We're all multimillionaires, See, and, so, and I can retire. There you go. And so the now the the Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. I liked. I liked. Gun's approach of like, yo, let's um, let's get let's cast like fifteen characters, <laughs> super fun, do a whole yeah, press run with it, minute. make yep, make sure, and then that was my thing. I was like, okay, cool, everyone's getting the poster. I'm like, I want to see who's gonna die in the first seven minutes. Mm, and I had my guess, yeah. I had my guesses, and I was pretty yeah. on point actually. I thought mm-hmm. I was pretty close to thing. Um, but they did a good job of doing that, of just like yeah. kind of setting that stage because then. Again, if you don't if you don't know anything about the Suicide Squad and this is how you get introduced to it only from the movie, then you're like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know but that developed Waller um, perfectly. Like that was mm-hmm. like, wow, yeah. that that is Amanda Waller right there. That 100%. is Amanda Waller. Yeah, no, exactly. And so I think that that was a good setup in terms of that aspect of it. And then, um, but yeah, they just had, I think he just had a lot of fun with it. He was like, "Yo, my bar is low. I just got to be a comp- make a competent film that has some jokes, some good action. The use of um, Starro was actually a pretty, uh, pretty good, good use of their and how their goofily CG. he did it. Yeah, good like Lord. a good dude, good CG uh, uh, budget use. And then because um, Starro, Starro, like it, it, it was goofy as hell, but Starro was like kind of serious when yeah. when when it appears oh. in mm-hmm. in the comics yeah and in the, and the animation you, if you want to like, get yeah. if you want to get a glance of of uh of starro being like actually kind of fearsome and something to be afraid of yep the young justice episode where they oh, just yeah. casually oh yes where they casually oh, just yes. toss in starro like it ain't nothing you know just as a th- a quick throwaway villain and you know, it took me so yeah. long to realize that was Star Wars. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Didn't see it coming. <laughs> I was like, but that "Wait was good a second, that's Star Wars." Was excellent, and you yeah. they never referred to it as Star Wars. Like, it and was- you will, you will believe that a giant starfish 
is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what that, that, I think like they, again, we always talk about how the animations have always done much better than everything else, but like they just did it really well. Like they planted Mm -hmm. the seeds, grew it a little bit, let it go. And then when it hits you, you're like, wait a minute. And then when you go back, oh man, it was there the whole time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they Um, use all of that to to the perfection. And I was reading up too that um, they were pretty, uh, or uh, Idris was pretty, uh, adamant about not replace not being dead shot like he was very like i don't want to be that character i would like rather and that's cool else. i'm glad he did Which, that. yeah i yeah. thought that was one respect two that yeah. was smart and then like what he was saying how like they pulled out obscure characters that they haven't used in forever to just kind of because even Bloodsport is not a character and you not prominent i don't not right. 20 years like anything big you know no he's uh, like sports master to yeah, young right. justice like where like young justice took that character and made it wow yeah sports master is 100 one of the goofiest human like one of the goofiest yep. comic book characters yep. even the name yeah. the name is just ridiculous you can't yeah. possibly take someone named sports master seriously until you, you see believe that dude is a problem yeah. Young Justice. And Young Justice you know, is a problem. You think you know he's like, and then you they they get into like overlapping his background. So like, yeah, going mm-hmm. back to the the blood sport thing, DC has plenty of characters just mm-hmm. like that. One hundred percent. I mean, even in um going back to the Batman Lego, where they named all of like ninety nine uh, uh Batman villains or something like that, and it was like Joker was making fun of that whole thing, and he named all these like really obscure random ones, and it's one hundred percent true. There are so many random obscure characters that they could easily pluck out, redesign, make them a badass, and yeah. there you go. And so People I thought they was used to think that um that uh Joker was Bats' first villain, but it was actually, if I'm not mistaken, Hugo Strange. Like Hugo Strange, yeah, I think it was like Hugo Strange, Penguin, Riddler, yeah, Joker was till later. No, no, not till later. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, maybe the Red Hood appeared before Joker did, but I'm not, I don't think, or maybe that was a a different retcon in the, the, uh, yeah, I think you might be right, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Like I think that's the thing. So it was good to see that they pulled out some just really ridiculous ones. I thought that was funny. Um, and then and then yeah, they just made it like a competent film. Like they just had a lot of fun. It was cool. It was breezy. You know, when I finished watching it, I think the only thing was the runtime was kind of long. But other than that, like yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't need to be that long. I had one character issue. I thought, <laughs> and spoiler alert, but I thought that. This whole episode is just a giant spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Figure that out by now. When we can when about whether or not you've seen it, we're very sorry, but we also <laughs> yeah yeah. This please is an analysis. This is not just <laughs> so with that disclaimer, please yeah. Okay, <laughs> carry on, my wayward son. True. But, <laughs> so I thought the whole thing with the um, the aides not being on board with Waller and then knocking her out, I was like, and then still being in the office afterwards, I was like, oh, yeah, no, hundred percent. Oh, and then dude, dude was like, oh, she, she's pairing us with Peacemaker to punish us. I was like, bruh, 
if you had gotten the real Amanda Waller, you wouldn't have even been here. It'd been a new actor all together. I was surprised. I was surprised <laughs> that, it, that she wasn't tied up, bound and gagged. Because <laughs> like, that's the only. That's the only. Because literally, when she got came through, she probably would have shot everyone there. She would have shot every <laughs> single one of them, starting with the girl who clubbed her. Which is one of the few things that worked in the first one. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Will Smith, when, cool. when Flag and um and Deadshot pull up in uh in secret HQ, she's like, yeah, they weren't cleared for this op. So bang, 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 and that's Waller. Yep. And so <laughs> they weren't. They, and I think they, they weren't cleared for this. So that was the one. Out. That was the one part I would say from that. That was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, she would have woke up and she's not bound and gagged. <laughs> y'all, y'all did. And they y'all set it up good. because when when the guy asked her. Would you really use his his daughter for to whatever whatever? I don't think you would do that. She was like, he was like, you have no idea what I do. <laughs> you have no idea what I would what I would do. I was like, okay, there's the setup, and then you don't have her like off. take them out. Like, no, Walla would not have ever. First of all, she would have never had any aides around her who weren't like willing to sacrifice all. Oh, like. And like, also the the that was her blunt instrument. Like that yeah. was her failsafe. She would have never had an uh, office, or she would have yeah. had some plants. Like if yeah. somebody pulled that, bow. <laughs> the, the person mm-hmm. next to her, like, no, nah, that was the one mistake James Gunn made in that in the movie was uh was was not was having Waller tamed. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good way to put it. Because I think for that. Yeah, I would say. Hmm. I mean, because I, I mean, that was the only thing I thought character-wise that seemed off. Nine point seven five. I retract my ten. You know, because like, you're right. If if Wallowater woke up, you are correct. If Wallowater woke up with a bump on her head and didn't kill somebody, then it's like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or woke up with a bump on her head and then have another one of her uh, Suicide Squad members that she had holding back as backup just in case mm-hmm. to murk everyone because she don't want her hands dirty when she needs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying. that little... That, that's that's the part where I'm like, like, that little small thing would would kind of further that legend of how she rocks and how she operates. And so, yeah. you're right. That was a, that was probably the, that was a, a, a character misstep, if you will. Yeah. But, um, but I think everyone, every, but everything else, I thought that was dope. I thought the everything the, solid. the red the red herring of um them going into the village and being like, oh man, these are insurgents and then killing everybody. And like, oops. Oh, <laughs> that was. And let yeah. me tell you, John Cena, when when he says, uh, "I adore peace with all my heart, but I'm willing to kill uh, every man, woman, and yeah, child yeah. I have to get it," I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said it with the most douchery ever. Like, dude, and, and you understand why he's getting his own series. It makes perfect. Yes. I, I heard it because I heard it before. Like, I'm a I'm a John Cena like acting fan because he's just he's just really good for how oh, he, big he is. Yeah. And he's just he just delivers really really well. Yeah, and he's, so he's, um, he's like the Rock in that way. One hundred percent. And so, but yeah, after watching this, I could totally see why they gave him a series. Like it, it makes sense. Like he just, he just, ha- he just, he was just having so much fun, and he was like, yeah, it was good in the character, and it was like some pretty good stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then yeah, and props to Idris Elba too, because I thought like he did a good job of just kind of carrying that film, you know, along oh, coming coming yeah. along, yeah, and then also you know reacting to all the craziness that was around him, you know, like yeah. he's had it with a bunch of like with a big ass shark and then, you know, a girl that talks to rats and he hates rats. Like they he had like, just good shit. moments of it. that It was pretty dope. And so the overall, they, I thought 
they did a pretty good job of just like a making you kind of forget the other one and then yes. B, again taking kind of what james gunn is always good at taking a bunch of random characters and by the end of it making you like oh you know i kind of like these characters you know? mm-hmm. yeah and i think that movie it showed us that the first one was so forgettable that they didn't even need to retcon that much <laughs> Um, because they they had yeah. and they was, had the same actor as yeah. as, Flag, yeah. they, as Boomerang. It was a, stand, it was a standalone standalone sequel at, at most. Yeah. They, like, as they said, they said it. And you had the the reference to the fact that they that they had teamed up in the past, Harley and yep. and all them people, but mm-hmm. didn't need to reference not a single damn other thing. Yeah, <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah. Like, and I think that you know, as they as they kind of um, moved on from the last movie. Like you didn't even feel bad. You're just like, oh, all no. right. Well, that's a, <laughs> it's like, that's like, okay. I mean, you know, whatever. You know. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. I, I think that in that respect, I think uh, Gunn did a good job. And yeah. if the only bad thing after watching it, I was just like, yikes! I don't know what DC is going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no clear. I would not. I would hate to be the guy who has to follow that up now. Like I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I but mean, the bar you know, is still low. I mean, it's still true. low. Even yeah. after that, it's still because that's just like that's one of those like small pieces of light in the sea of darkness. Like that's just like, <laughs> you know, it's almost so much that you, maybe it's a trick of the eye. Like you don't even know if you yeah, trust yeah. this yet. So like, we'll, we'll see what, because I mean, the they have produced, an optical illusion. <laughs> <laughs> They've had so many stinkers. How could I not? Wonder Woman 84 was, was, was terrible. It shouldn't have happened. Then you had what was, what was before that? It was um, terrible, terrible, Kimmy. It was terrible, terrible. Credit to Charles Barkley. That's, that's terrible. terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, no, it, I think it is. It it is true. Like you don't know where they're going from from this point. Um, their best bet would be to again just acknowledge the multiverse and and do a soft reboot with flashpoint like just just get get out of the wheat like again they reference bloodsport shooting superman with a bullet we never saw that so again that's like setting up some things that knowing and as i said before with the big three you do not need to give them individual single movies like that like they can just exist in the world yeah. And be a part of it and then show up when it's time to get the Justice League together. Right. Because that's how well established they are. If you allow the other characters to play in that sandbox with them looming, it's it's almost it's amazing. Like you could do so much right. with it. It creates gravitas pretty easily, yeah. actually. No, you're right. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think that's that was, you know, again, playing in a soundbag box that has a world of Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman, it's, as opposed to always having them show up. It's, it, you, you would just have way more fun. You could, it, yeah. and, and you could even section it out because I think it's like for DC, they, you know, there is a, they have a whole good section of interesting characters that they can definitely do. They have tons of like diversity type characters that are actually pretty yeah. fresh. You know, yeah. even like As you know, Suicide Squad clearly <laughs> and many of yeah. them are disposable as Suicide Squad has clearly delineated. Yeah. <laughs> and then even if they, and then even if you go on the um you know Justice League route with like you know Green Green Lantern and the whole Green Lantern situation. You got you know a whole you know a whole things worked out with on Wonder Woman. And so each 
each of the main characters have their own universe of peoples that have interesting stuff going on that's not just Batman. And mm-hmm. so I think the like as you guys were talking about with Titans um earlier on, it's like just mentioning that there's a Batman in this universe and understanding that he's around and we're scared of him and he's annoying, like that's cool and that's good enough. Just like it's like seeing his effect on the world and that's exactly. good enough. Like yep. seeing and, his effect on the world. And I think yep. just the way that they had him pull up in Titans as Bruce Wayne, never costumed and just the sort of almost hand of God type type character. Like I'm here and I see y'all and I know y'all doing stuff and that's cool. And you know, keep doing that. I'm going to do Batman stuff off camera. Um, and yeah, he's Gandalf he's now. Right. He's yeah. he's ascended to Gandalf yeah. level. He's the uh, he's the wizard in the hero's journey. One hundred percent that sets the the new characters on their arc. Like that's 100%. that's where Batman is now. With Superman, it's different. You have to handle that differently because Superman is all but ageless, and you know he's not gonna get tired or right. he ain't training nobody new because he don't got to. You know, what I'm saying he barely acknowledged Connor. <laughs> you know, Facts. Facts. so uh, you know, with Superman, you got to handle that differently, and that's why he's such a complicated character um, because he's he's just too powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I, mean, you, I think that's the that's the whole point. I mean, you know, someone said the same thing about there's like, yo, DC and Marvel. What's the differences? I'm like, well, Marvel doesn't really have like a Superman, and yeah, so like no. they have Superman like characters, but like there's literally not a character that's the same that could literally come through and change the outcome of literally anything. And not so that's the part that yeah, not, not even Hulk. Hulk. You know, Hulk, Hulk could still get thrown Hulk into space. Change, he'll change the outcome, but it, it, <laughs> yeah. it he's he's the 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 sort of chaotic solution. Like he might solve your yeah. problem, but he might create like five but new he, ones in the process. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah, it's exactly. too volatile. It's not a guarantee. Right. That's the man yep. is the built in Durex machina. Yep, like you 100%. Can't get, you can't get around that. Yeah. And so I think that's always been their uh, annoyances, too, because, yeah, because like at the end of the day, like something's happening and Batman's like doing something with this villain. He can't figure it out. Superman could literally swoop in, throw him in space, and then it's over. Yeah, and it's over. <laughs> the only time that, that it was interesting was Doomsday Clock, because here you have Dr. Manhattan, and that's a different that's a different figure that Superman has never faced and arguably is more powerful than Kal-El. And and so, but with that, it was, they tried to, because Watchmen is such a different type of narrative, it was hard to have, you couldn't just have a heads on Dr. Manhattan versus Superman. First of all, Dr. Manhattan not interested in that. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And secondly, it's over like that because if, if, He's made of molecules and stuff like that. If Dr. Manhattan wants to break them down to see what's made of, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So that was and, the only and, time that there was an interesting challenge. And to me I recently. and I think and I think that's the thing where like Marvel has characters that probably could beat Superman, but they would be on like but again, they're all cosmic level godlike characters that like or, but like or as magic. A, yeah, right. or magic, you know, or magic. And so you know, yeah. weakness, even though nobody uses it against somebody. Yeah. I'm I'm purposely glossing over that aspect. (laughs) Well, you know how I feel about Superman. I'm not gonna let anything slide. You love Superman, we know. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if they threw Superman in hell and he had to figure his way out, that would be kind of dope. And then John Constantine was like a psychic to like help him. He'd have to navigate it because he doesn't know anything about magic because he's actually an idiot. 
And so that actually be something different. Like I've never seen that. I'd, I'd read that. You know? yeah. That would be good. And that's kind of yeah. akin to what happens in Justice League Dark, is it not right? So he's yeah, like, kind of like broken down and now John Constantine's magical powers is more yeah. Useful than Superman, yes. he doesn't have his physical strength because it's suppressed. Yeah. Justice Justice League Dark was really really good in that mm-hmm. respect. Where the the one thing that DC Animation does really well is they really have a lot of fun with the different types of storylines and a lot of their characters. And so like they will really deep dive deep, have some different stuff that they've never done before. They still they still do way too many Batman stuff, but. When yes. they focus on non-Batman characters, they always present them in a really cool and interesting they, way. They do a good job of creating stakes. And yeah. yeah. You, yeah. And you buy and those stakes. Down, you know that they're going to, you know, the good guy's going to win because the good guy always wins. But they've done such a good job across all the animated stuff that they've done of crafting stories that legit still make you doubt or still make you sort of at the very minimum, go. How are they going to get out of this? Yeah, they could. They could lose. Yeah, and and Dark was a uh, Apocalypse. Dark was a perfect example of 100%. that. Um, and they do a good job. They do a, and to that they do a good job of taking the main people off the board. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. Yep. A lot of these high stakes situations, mm-hmm. they took Bat, Superman, Wonder Woman, all of them, justly off the board at the beginning of that film, and mm-hmm. then. What I like is at the end, you don't have this, oh, everybody's okay, it's hunky-dory, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no they're the still on their feet. Remained. And, like, yeah. there's, like, they're broken. Like, they're even if they, you know, so it's, like, to the point where they have to have Flash do something that they hate when he does, when they, when he does it. <laughs> and I thought that that was the most ironic end part yep. of that. And so all that, that to say... Good. DC animated, like if you haven't watched their movies or or Young Justice, their TV, you oh, have wow, to you because have to it's their stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It and and and, and um, unlike it's Marvel than animation, ninety percent of the movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unlike unlike with Marvel, where their their live action is better than their animation. However, what if did just drop recently and ah, segue, segue. pretty That's good. Nice. That's good. And you know, that you know what I'm saying? I'm out here. I'm out here. I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran out this. <laughs> See you, bro. Wow. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if was uh, it was fun. It was actually really fun. I, I thought think, it was solid. I, yeah, man. I think if um, I'm not the biggest fan of 3D anime, uh, CG animation with tune shading. That's not my mm-hmm. favorite type of animation. However, it was done pretty well and very yes. solid. Um, having uh, a lot of the original uh, voices for the people that characters that you know helps with that. Mm-hmm. Where it's mm-hmm. like you believe it quicker now. You know, like um, I played the uh, the Avengers video game on PS4, and one of the things that threw off threw it off a lot was like one, the characters don't look like the characters you've been watching mm-hmm. in the movies, but then also their voices aren't the same. So it really mm-hmm. jars you as you're playing the game. Like it was a fun game. There's ups and downs about it, but for this, they had Haley, Haley Atwell came back. Um, Dominic Cooper came back for um, uh, Dum Dum Duggan. Howard Stark. Howard Stark also came back as well. Like so, they, right. they kept they they kept a lot of the same voices um, to come through, which actually was really cool. And then um, the pacing wise was cool because they really just essentially just redid their first episode was um, Captain Carter basically, which is weird because I was like, why don't they just call it Captain Britain? But nah, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, but because X Men licensing. <laughs> God. <laughs> But 
But to their credit, they did a really good job. And one of the things that I've always annoyed about with Marvel's animation is they outsource it and they, they go for quantity over quality. And this is yes. definitely quality. This is definitely this is high quality. quality. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. I did. I don't usually love the animation style that they went for, but oh, I don't like it. Yeah. It, it it works. It works. It's okay. not terrible. They make it work. Um, like 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 um like Cam mentioned, Haley Atwell pretty much knocks it out of the park again. Not sure why they don't just make her a recurring character and be done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, Chris Evans was great. Um, Sebastian Stan was great. As, uh, oh, as they like, legit had everybody. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone from okay. Captain America. Well, I America shouldn't be surprised. I mean, it, yeah. it is. It's, even Stanley, too, even Stanley too, she did like a quick <laughs> like a, a quick couple lines and stuff, too. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, they had everybody. They, had it. They, had it. they brought everybody back and it, it worked. Well, Shout like, out it to Jeffrey fun. Wright, the voice yep. of God. Oh, that was awesome <laughs> as well. Great a surprise. I didn't know that was going to happen. I was like, awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan. That was great. Yep. Um, and so, but yeah, no, they did a good job. I thought it was like, you know, from out the gate to kind of let people know what this is about. I thought it was cool. And I like mm-hmm. how they set it up and everything. And like, I was, I'm always, I was always a big fan of what if back in the eighties and nineties when they course. had it, cause it was always, mm-hmm. that's what they used to break a lot of new artists. Um, when they would get new artists at Marvel, they would put them on a what if book, which is like a one-off just to see how they would do and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of people like Jim Lee who did some stuff in there, early stuff, mm-hmm. some uh, Liefeld, McFarlane, like a lot of the going to be greats later on, they all got the, they all broke their teeth on um, what if books, um, yeah. just random stuff. So it was always in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s, what if was always like a cool like anthology book, just cool ideas and then also some cool art from people that you didn't so know. So is this single ep- is it single episodes or yeah yeah each like one, it, yeah. Each, yeah each it's basically an anthology show and each show each episode is going to be you know a different idea like what if you know okay and so and that's and so the, the comics were just like kind of the same like you know what if uh Xavier, what if um freaking um Xavier had gotten killed and Magneto was, was the you know leader of the X Men or something like what that. what if like, Xavier just, was Ghost Rider. Nah, I remember that was another crazy one. <laughs> that actually what if, was, uh, I'm not pulling that out of my behind. What if uh what if Peter Parker was the Punisher? When then so they they would just do things like that where like again, not crazy twists, but like little small ones. Some work the better classic, than others. What if what if Conan fought Thor? Oh yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> you know, that, that's uh really those are really good like writing exercises, like just writing mm-hmm. prompts. Oh, yeah. like, like, just go ball to the wall. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of like to me when I was younger looking at it, it always seemed like that was the testing ground for like their new people yes. before they would go on something. Cause I would be like, Oh, I remember this guy. He was on um what if now he's on Punisher or he's on this or whatever. Um, Wasn't there a good Hulk what if also? Yeah, that's there are a couple. Oh, I, th- I know it was one the first one was what if Rick Jones became the Hulk? Yep, that was one of them. But there was another one that was a little bit further reaching, like what if Bruce Banner couldn't change back. What if the Hulk couldn't change back to Bruce Banner? Some some crazy. Yeah, like that. and, and then like, also they some, follow some the Hulk. They follow what would happen if the Hulk was just set loose with no Banner inside him. Yeah, something like that. So now nah, they had they had some good stuff, and so mm-hmm. I, I think that's a perfect. Um, it's a perfect anthology to use in an animation format and then also to get you know the big bulk of uh the the character uh, uh actors back to do voice work and like there's mm-hmm. gonna be you know it's uh chadwick boseman's uh one of his last roles um 
uh, was recorded to. Uh, he's, you know, for Black Panther as well. So that was actually pretty crazy. So, no, it's good. I mean, it, it, it positions them well. I think Disney's mm-hmm. doing a great job of, of staggering out their new shows so that, like, there's there's a little bit of, like, there's literally maybe, like, what, a week in between a show that ends and another one begins kind of a thing. Well, they're not um, all Marvel, though. Not yeah, not all Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're mixing, they're kind of mixing that up. It, it kind of works out well. So, mm-hmm. um, but if if they kind of keep that trend, and honestly, I hope that if nothing else, this um, makes them look at their movies a lot better in terms of their cartoons, because yes, their cartoons are fucking horrible. Like they're just not good. Like were the were. last the were. <laughs> yeah were. word the last the last good Marvel cartoon series was uh, Earth's Mightiest Avenger uh, Might- Mightiest Hero one hundred percent and credit to you and that was put me on. Yeah. Yeah, that was right before. The pacing um, is absolutely the, just the most one of the most one of the most abhorrent things I've ever watched in my life. But yeah. <laughs> but the story they plow through story like it's not even there. <laughs> they yeah, plow and they have so and, much, and they have a lot of fun of using the works. full cast of all Marvel characters. Like, like Wolverine terrible, shows up, Ghost Rider, this it's person. Terrible pacing. Yeah. It's just ridiculously fast. You don't catch your breath at all, ever. There's no throwaway episodes. They just jump from big arc to 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 big arc. And there's no rest in between. They do a really good job of seeding what the next thing is. While thing one is going on, they seed thing two, but not for very long at all. Yeah. Yep. And they just, so. it just, there's very little overlap. It, there's overlap, but there's very little overlap. And then the, the next thing's already happening before you can blink. The pacing was terrible, but they, then they changed it. What was it? What, what did it become? Uh, it came like Avengers something, something. Because essentially uh. what it was is this was in development before the movies were kind of getting going. And so before they were going to make the actual Avengers movie, this was already like, all right, we finished it. We're like doing it. So they had two solid seasons. And at the end of the second season, that's when the Avengers movie came out. So then they canceled this and it made another like really substandard like run of the mill cookie cutter Avenger cartoon that had all the people from the movie in it. Uh. You know, tell all- because you know, cartoons are are to sell toys essentially, and so yeah, um, yeah sure. That was right. that was kind of like their whole thing, um, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was dope in terms of like their Marvel like settings. I I mean, the only other thing before that I would say is Wolverine and the X Men that was really really good, and that's Wolverine it. Like, X Men was the, solid again, the, another you know, one you put me on too. Yeah, there's like to watch it, and you made me basically. telling you, man, it was good. But there's there's like 17 different Spider Man shows. <laughs> like, yeah, none of them are really that good. And nah, and, nah. And that's the thing. DC has been pretty consistently great with animated mm-hmm. stuff since the early 90s because yeah, Batman yeah, they had exactly one misstep, and it was the that first um Batman Mister Freeze movie. Literally everything else has been great. That's oh, the yeah. only thing that yeah, I, that I, I forgot about. That. I was You're like, right. This is trash. I completely. Yeah, that, one, and that one was. It, yeah, that one wasn't that good. But then they yeah. had they quickly bounced back with Master yeah. Phantasm and yep. like um, yeah, they they had some good animated films. And then just going into the 2000s and 2010s, like they just, they just a slew of just like amazing. Everything mm-hmm. from um, 
what was it, Justice League Doom, where where uh, uh, Vandal Savage uses uh, uses Batman's Doom Doomsday device against the Justice League? That was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah, they were like, wait, you have a you you can you have a thing to kill all of us? He's like, Yeah, don't you guys? (laughs) (laughs) They were like Flash is so Barry is so off put off. Like uh I think Clark is kind of just like, what do you expect? Like (laughs) like like everybody's like, but Barry just can't get over it and um yeah. And Bruce's uh, Batman is just like, if you listen, if you don't understand yes. why I have a fail safe mm-hmm. for all of you, then I can't explain it to you. And I'm not I believe the that. exact line is if you don't understand they, they were they were putting him on trial. Basically, they were like, yeah. we're going to we need to vote whether or not Batman stays in the league. And yeah, that's like, what oh, it no, was. no, don't vote. <laughs> don't even yeah. bother voting. If you people don't understand, and you call them you people, <laughs> if you people don't <laughs> understand the need for a failsafe against a rogue Justice League, then you're all damn fools. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> and yeah, he left. That was the line, and he left. And yeah, I, and I agree and he left with, with, with Young Master Baller. Batman at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, in the comics, that was a great, uh, that was a great story too. But, um, but, but yeah, to, I think to be fair though. DC, not DC. Marvel has had the one good joint that came out before all of this came out, before all of this happened with uh, X Men, not X Men, um, Wolverine versus Thor and Wolverine versus Hulk. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. With the dead, yeah. Deadpool that cameo and all that. That was here. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Wolverine versus, uh, I mean, Hulk versus Thor was okay. But yeah, Hulk well, I think Wolverine was actually well. Pretty I amazing. think that's a that's kind of the thing where it's like instead of teaming up with animation houses to do some dope shit, they kind of do the things internally and then they farm it out for the pieces they just need to get done. And I think mm. that's why. They, and that, I think to me, like I was reading up on the story about Wolverine versus X Men. I mean, Wolverine and X Men and why that didn't get forward, and that was just a legal dispute. That was literally just on some like they just couldn't get the paperwork done, and they just gonna uh, they, they couldn't figure that shit out, so they got canceled. It's all that literally was all it was, mm-hmm. and so um, I think I hope that this experience with What If has helped them for that because a great a great another great example for Disney is um, the upcoming anthology show for uh, Star Wars. And they work with like what, tw- what, like eight or nine different uh, animation studios? Yeah, Visions or something like that. They work with like eight or nine different animation studios, and they're just like, "Yo, go wild, pitch us your stuff, and we'll either say yes or no, and then keep it moving." Like, but that's kind of the way you should do it, because then that way you would get like Agreed. high quality type things. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. You know, you don't need to have this in house. There's tons of great animation studios, small, big, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. you can just be like, "All right, we're we're gonna do an anthology show." This is the theme. Give us your pitches, and we pick the best ones, yeah. and then you make good stuff. You know, basically. Yeah. And so I hope, oh, I hope, if nothing else, this what if will help them kind of see that. And so, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think they stuck with one studio for this whole thing. I'm not sure. Oh, boo! But um, so I, I think that that similar like style is going to be the whole thing. But so what did you call the tech they were using? Tune shading. Yeah, yeah, so basically, it's like you animate in 3D or uh, in CG, and then you mm-hmm. tune shade it, which is kind of like that flat shading, where it's just basically like yeah. one color and then a shadow. And mm. um, and so you, you'll see it on a couple of shows, of light source of being 
Yeah, like exactly. Like and contrast so, um, what have it. Okay, that makes yeah. Some so sense. the whole thing is made in in CG, like whatever program you would use it in. And then when they mm-hmm. instead of doing textures like they would normally do to make it all perfectly, like this is a texture of a skin, this texture of the hair, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. They instead they just do tune shading, which basically makes it a cartoon essentially. And so um, the recent uh, Dragon Prince, I think that kind of had a similar vibe to it. Um, they, did, they did mix, they did half um, hand-drawn animation, half uh, like uh, tune shading CG stuff. But um, but yeah, so I, it's interesting. Dude. I think, um, I think yeah, Flying Bark Production Studio, that's basically who's doing this, this one. Interesting. I mean, I think uh, like with everything else, I, in Fagey, we trust. He's not let us down so far, and I don't think he will. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he he has a lot of slack because even if he did do a misstep, we would be like, "Well, we got what 10, 12 years of like dopeness and one misstep." I can say one misstep. I think you're allowed. Yeah, hundred percent. A couple missed us, but you guys can keep being generous all you want to. I'll, keep, I'll, bring, I'll always be here. To bring I'm, trying, to, I'm, to, to trying to bring. I'm trying to bring hope in a in a time of dark times. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we need balance. With this hope, hope is revolutionary. Wow! Wow! <laughs> it does do bring about change. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but. What I was going to say is um, I'm going to wrap this up because we're already at that like pretty long uh, mark. Uh, going to do some final words. Uh, D, let's go with you. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we talked about a, a whole lot of stuff here. Um, Loki, Suicide Squad. I think what's been great so far is that it seems to be, with Marvel anyway, a really nice build, a trajectory to something uh, amazing to come. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how Jonathan Majors dis- differentiates Kang the Conqueror from He Who Remains. I know mm-hmm. that's going to be extremely fun for him. And just based on his enthusiasm with He Who Remains, I, I can't wait to see that. Um, Loki had me, again, doubly interested in what's going to happen with uh, Quantum Mania and how they sort of book in time travel and time space and multiverse uh multiversal uh see it seems like marvel is kind of going with the probability of choice even with what ifs you know and things mm-hmm. like that which i believe is the best way to depict the multiverse because it's it's you know ties it back to that singular consciousness but it's still all these different possibilities so uh very much looking forward to what Marvel's got cooking up, um, especially as far as their uh, cosmic stuff. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, and Suicide Squad, definitely solid eight and a half out of 10. It gets no more, no less for me. And, <laughs> and, that's, and that's that. Nice. Uh, Josh? Um, I have two points that I would like to address in my final word. Uh, one, y'all are not ready for King the Conqueror at all. <laughs> if they do half the insanity that they've done in the comic books over the years with King the Conqueror, holy balls, y'all are not this. Oh, y'all are not ready, man. Y'all are not ready. Um, and second, why in the name of God 
has every streamer dropped something today or yesterday within the last 24 hours? There's like three shows today. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Like, y'all got, you, you could literally drop, you could drop stuff any day you want. Why is, why is August 12th so special? Why are there five shows today? Why? Yeah. It's not necessary. It's no. a good point. I know we didn't very, really very touch point. on the streaming wars, but my God, this is, this is just, this is, this is a lot. This is too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I, I think I'm, I'm happy to have the content. I'm happy to watch all of it. But don't give it to me all at once. Like don't give me everything in one in in, in one twenty four hour stretch. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you want to say something? Yeah, I just want to say something really quick. You know yeah. what today was like, Josh? Today was like the opening scene uh, after the crawl in Ep- Star Wars Episode Three, where it's like that the big booming music, and then all of a sudden the camera pans down, and it's just like chaos. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they yeah, just like what 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 what's Come going on? Man. That's what today's streaming war streaming battle was was oh the was God. the battle over Coruscant. Yep, <laughs> that is that is about as accurate a, a description as one could give. It's it's not necessary. Like oh, you know what? Well, Disney Plus is dropping something today, so we should drop something today. Executives, yeah, yeah. please, please. <laughs> there, there are three hundred sixty five days on a calendar. You don't have to do everything the same day someone else does. As a matter of fact, it's beneficial to you to let them have their moment and then you have yours. Stand alone without yeah. any, you know, just please for my sanity. We're ending this recording at 11.08. I got like 10 shows that I gotta watch now. <laughs> for the love of God, be up till like 6 o'clock in the morning. I gotta go to work in the morning. Come on, man. And DC definitely threw an uppercut to your point where with Titans versus whatever. It was like what it was like the soft like launch for the day. And DC's like, I see your your animated effort, and I'm gonna raise it with our live action team up. And how many episodes did they drop of Titans? Uh, Two? Three. Three episodes. They they dropped they dropped three episodes. And one of those episodes is called Red Hood. So you know, you know, wow. I'm upset. I'm, I'm wow. This is I'm good upset, but I'm upset. Yeah, wow. uh, that makes this sense though. Like, so you're, but you're right though, I, and I think everyone's clamoring for the eyeballs now, and it's it's super oh, yeah. interesting. And like I, that is the you know, conversation we were, I've had with my post supervisor on, on yeah, a show that I cannot disclose. Uh, I'm working on uh, our client will not change the the drop dead date for our show and basically now we have to triple time it to meet the deadline for the first episode to be <laughs> delivered and they're pretty much like they're clamoring for uh they're, they're they're clamoring for content so content creators would-be writers um you know anybody who wants to get something off now's the time because <laughs> they want it and they want it bad they need, yeah. they want and need it all very badly. Yeah. That is the word from the inside. Yeah, and after the end of the the golden age of television, it's over. It's over. I, I <laughs> want to cry. It's over. <laughs> now it's now it's more of the. Um, I you know this era is going to be interesting in and of itself because it's it's more of a gold rush kind of thing where it's it like is. I was going to say now it's more about content creation. Yeah, it's more about quantity than quality. Yeah, uh, and then when and then but then when quality shows up, it, it shines really really bright. It, 
Absolutely. I think that's the Absolutely. thing. I think that's now we're in a good area where like if something's really dope, like it's really good and like everyone knows right. it's good. And right. whether it survives mm-hmm. or not doesn't matter, but everyone agrees that it's dope. And so yeah. I think that's the thing where like as things are starting to get like, sh- like literally every um network, cable network has their own streaming service now or they bundled it up or they did something. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. They're, they're still searching for their like little quality type situations and everyone's mm-hmm. trying to figure out a how to replicate the Marvel model B how to uh, be sustainable and all that like even Disney plus like their numbers in terms of subscriber base is crazy like they're just shooting mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're slowly catching up to, to Netflix in a short amount of time which is nuts well everybody wants to be the next you know have the next Game of Thrones or have the next you know whatever the the sexy thing of the day is and understandably so you know but it, it doesn't just it doesn't just happen. You have to make yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta put, you gotta I think the time in there. How long it takes to get there? We had yeah. the Sopranos, and then a few other things, and then there was you know the fun stuff, the True Bloods of the world, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know Breaking Bad's popped Game up, which was like Game a of Thrones as well. And then Game of Thrones. I would say Game of Thrones of the age of the golden age was the peaking point, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, because you had the Breaking Bads, the Mad Men's, um, you know. I'm even, sure. even Westworld at that, that tail end at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. End. Well, Westworld was supposed to be the heir apparent anyway to, uh, yeah. to to Game of Thrones. But either way, you know, either way say we're here in this yeah. new era and it's more, it's a lot interesting because mm-hmm. it's such a different uh, way of distribution and and audience attention like it's mm-hmm. it's such a unique and different time uh we call it the streaming wars kind of trivial but at the same time <laughs> it is a war it, it, it is a Pretty war much. it everyone's is everyone's competing for everyone's eyeballs. competing for eyeballs man it's like kind of crazy and i think you know you, as you start to see it, and and until, as a different conglomerate start to gobble each other up too, that's the other yeah. thing as well. Like mm-hmm. for me, yeah. I watch anime and Crunchyroll is where I get most of my stuff, and Funimation, which is owned by Sony, I believe, yeah, um, it is. just just bought and acquired uh, Crunchyroll. So now mm-hmm. they have the monopoly on all anime in America, which is crazy. And what have been thought of you, uh, yeah. years ago because monopolies are supposed to be yep. illegal. Right. So so yeah. Even mm-hmm. the, and then even this acquisition is going to the um is going to the government now because it's you know because they oh, it legit because yeah it's going to the government yeah. now at, with this acquisition I think it got it got approved on whatever level it needs to be approved on and now it's going to the government to be like is this whatever blah 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 but right. yeah as of right now there's only literally one source to get a uh, legal animation uh, Japanese anime in America and that's going to be basically Sony owns those guys Funimation and Crunchyroll which is crazy. Wow. So that's yeah. kind of nuts, and but I'm like, curious like to see what the FCC will do with that. Me too. I'm I'm really curious because so if Sony, I was Sony own it all. Yep. And Sony, Sony is still Sony a Japanese company, right? They wouldn't that's own it all. Like, they would be the sole distributor in the United States. That's yes. what I mean. The, yeah, the yeah, sole yeah. distributor. That's what I meant. Not yeah, all, yeah, yeah. to clarify. And they're yeah, and they're still a yeah, they're still a Japanese based company too, which is kind of yeah. crazy. So it kind of makes sense for them on on, on that end. But um, I'm really curious to see how that kind of shakes out. And mm-hmm. then same thing with, um, like, say, for instance, like, I watch Korean dramas, and there's only, like, there was three sources before that you can get your Korean dramas from. Now there's mm-hmm. pretty much just one. 
And so that one source is licensing all those dramas that come over to America so you can watch it legally or whatever. Um, so I'm curious to see same thing with a lot of the these services now because, you know, the major players are Netflixes, your Hulus, and then you got your, uh, you know, now you have Paramount and HBO Max and, you know, uh, Discovery Plus is getting in there too. And like, everyone's trying to wiggle their way in, AMC and freaking SARS and all those guys. So it's like really interesting to see what's actually going to like because i think uh, i actually think folks like pluto and imdb will probably last longer than a lot of the other ones purely because of their sure. ad-based services you know like it yeah. makes sense you, you know ads well, are supporting all this stuff and they're gobbling up all that old content that people forgot about and they're like oh man i want to watch this but i think yeah. with the korean distribution model because they're not an american company and because they have such a limited presence here I don't think you're going to have the same situation like a crunchy roll where like, yeah, there's an actual American component to it. Yeah. Nah, that's a good point. That's a good point. The licensing, so, yeah. the, li- the licensing ends up being very different because while you probably have some outlets here, there's no, it, it, it is a major market, but it's not like Netflix yeah. or Disney plus major. Yeah. yeah it's very neat. Yeah. That's and, super, and, super neat. And honestly, that's how Netflix has been kind of keeping pace with all of the newer American ones is by um, adding in more uh, foreign content. So, like, they have a slew of new Korean dramas. Yep. They have a bunch of uh, Filipino uh, movies and TV shows, a African. lot of Indian shows, African. Yeah, a lot of African stuff. They've been killing it with a lot of their Spain content, like the, mm-hmm. a lot of their top shows in Spain are now the on French Netflix. Content. Yep, French as well. So, it's really interesting to see how Netflix. Netflix, as they start to quote unquote lose their shows or lose TV show or lose movies from the big guys, they're like, well, we already have a, a budget for all of our you know original content, but now we're seeding that with all the stuff from all these foreign companies because no mm-hmm. other American company is actually showing foreign stuff like HBO yeah. Max and all them. They're not bringing in like uh, Japanese or Filipino or Thai stuff. One thing that HBO Max did do, which I thought was smart, is and I don't know the specifics of this deal, but they carry. Criterion, yes. um, Janice. Yeah, that uh, was actually that was a smart move. That was because yeah. I, I was watching some of the old um, party. Like, yeah, that yeah. was dope. So now that I'm thinking about it, I think the only way that the the K drama thing would get litigated is if any one of the companies that we mentioned made a foray into that genre and oh, then yeah. used that as the basis to file a suit. Yeah. against the company that you're talking about yeah, yeah. Um, as encroaching or having a monopoly or whatever, whatever, yeah. like, look, we, we're trying to do, we're trying to compete in their, in that arena and they have, you know, yeah. and they have the lock on it. Yeah. And before they do that, they probably would try to buy them. Yeah. If, if K-dramas tomorrow just suddenly became ridiculously popular, one of these, yeah. one of the conglomerates, one of the bigs would try to buy them before they litigate it. Yeah, because I mean, uh, even for Hulu, they struck a deal with Funimation, so that they had a whole slew of their anime catalog into Funimation. I mean, um, Funimation's catalog into Hulu, so you can mm-hmm. watch a good a lot of a lot of popular stuff, a lot of same day type things. It was actually pretty smart, and so I think for the Korean dramas, the licensing fee is astronomical. But you're yep. right, I think if if Hulu or Netflix or one of them basically struck a deal with one of the major Korean drama, like because um, the thing about Korean dramas that's different than American stuff is they usually do a lot of one offs. So like their serial 
stuff is usually reality television or something like that. But right. all their fictional stuff is usually just one off. Like you're a writer. I have I have an idea. I shoot it for 24 episodes. Once it's done, it's done. And then you start yeah, with one idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you mean like the so. opposite of American television? How novel? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, a, a beginning, a middle, writing. and an end? What? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, and, 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 in K, and in K-dramas, if anything, they'll get an extra episode, and that will be their continuation. Like, oh, you know, we need, we need a little bit more time to finish something. All right, we'll give you two more episodes or something like that. But, yeah, yeah. they have a beginning, middle, and an end, and then they move on, and then that same team or that same production will, like, have another idea and the different types of stuff. It might be the same genre or whatever, but, like, that's but that's that turnover. So they don't really care about having, like, you know, that one, you know, Game of Thrones that has X amount of seasons or Grey's Anatomy yeah. that has um, They're not looking for them. Yeah, not at all. BBC you model, follow, basically. yeah, because you're you're following the um, you're, you're following the actors and the and the, and the writers, and it as yeah, BBC does life. not care. They'd be like, right, so this is one season long. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We made stars, be, though. We, we made or, stars. Or it'd be like Luther. Like they do, is one of the best examples. Uh, yeah, but, or it'd be like Luther or uh, Sherlock Holmes. They do a, they do a, what three episodes every year and a half. <laughs> exactly, basically. <laughs> You know, American TV did used to have though that kind of model. I mean, Columbo was like that. Columbo wasn't like a, yeah. a season to season uh, TV series. It was it was because I remember I learned that because my grandfather like was a Columbo fan, and I was like, oh, this is weird. This is kind of like a movie almost. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, a Columbo episode would come once every two or three years. You wouldn't have them mm-hmm. uh, like every you know season. So. America just kind of, as everything else, just grew. Yeah, just went away from that. That's why the classic anthology went away. I remember you had a Tales from the Crypt where it was like, each episode was straight standalone, different actors, different Mm -hmm. directors, like, like, 40 minute films, like Outer Limits, Twilight Twilight Zone, like, none of that stuff. It wasn't until, like, you know, you had a 24, and then you had all these, Friday the 13th, like, you had all these different anthologies and these stories that were like one-off people got in and they got out yeah no you're right yeah yeah the paramount I, plus I mean, hit us up we got ideas man i'm telling you <laughs> i know right we got ideas we got ideas. my first idea is a star trek only network done you're welcome <laughs> our idea you got so much content there i mean you you that's that's where you gotta listen to him paramount he's giving you have, we have that already on pluto True, true, true. Pluto true, true. TV yeah, has yeah, a Star yeah. Trek channel, but they really yeah. only show like TNG and then the random movie every now and again, and yeah, then all the Shatner documentaries. Yeah. Well, this one he proposes is going to be curated, so you can curate it yourself. You can do it. Uh, See, I don't want to call it. Yeah, man. And then, and then, or you could do something where you can make collections. So he's just like, oh, these are all the Worf collections from all the shows. Like, you know, what he's looking at this, a little bit of that, you know. Yeah. Or here's all the Klingon collection. Here's the Romulans. Here's the Kardashian. You know, like, you can kind of break it down and make make little break things out. Like, oh, these are the greatest hits for, like, George LaForge, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Paramount, that's, yeah. off, that's off the dome. We got actual written <laughs> ideas for y'all. We ready. That's just ah. off the dome. He just came up with that. Hilarious. Hit us up. Huh? We ready. We're here. Um, Working yeah. professionals. We three. You know, fellas, good to be back. I know it's been a minute. We'll uh, make sure we're, we keep this on a, on a more consistent basis. So we got stuff to do, man. Plenty of stuff coming, so we'll be talking. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. There's only 20 we'll shows premiering tonight, so I'm sure we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but yeah, thanks for rocking with us. And it's Table of Truth, and we out. Go wash your hands. Mm-hmm.